Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show? With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Joey Harris, and we are broadcasting from makeshift studios in the shadow of South Central Virginia. You can follow the show on Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod, email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. If you like the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it, and it helps people to find the show. Today, we look at Clash of the Champions 19 from WCW. Clash 19 was shown on TBS on June the 22nd, 1992. It was taped June the 16th, 1992 from the McAllister Fieldhouse on the campus of the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. There were 4,600 in attendance and the show did a 2.8 rating on TBS. Opening graphics of all the countries that have teams competing in the first round of the NWA World Tag Team Championship Tournament. We then get our intro. Tony Schiavone, Missy Hyde, and Magnum TA welcome us to The Clash, and holy moly does Missy look good here. I'm jealous of Tony and Magnum that they got to stand next to her 31 years ago. They talk about the tournament, and Missy talks about New Japan being awarded the right to host a tournament to crown a new NWA champion. She says she is going to find out more and will update us later. Magnum and Tony then talk about the teams in the tag tournament. Tony then brings in Bill Watts to talk about the tournament. They throw it down to Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura who are going to call the action. They say that Jesse will have an interview with Sting coming up. First round of the NWA Tag Team Tournament. Ricky Steamboat and Nikita Koloff versus Joe and Dean Malenko. Gary Michael Capetta says the Malenkos represent Europe and Wikipedia says Hungary. Koloff is supposed to be representing Lithuania and Steamboat the United States. So, it's four people from the United States. Let's get it on. Joe and Steamboat start in some mat wrestling. Test of strength. They both do some impressive mat moves and counters, and this is not a bad way to start a contest. The crowd really doesn't seem to be in this match at all. Dean tagged in, and Steamboat hits him with those deep arm drags. Steamboat has the best arm drags that I've ever seen. Surprisingly, Shane McMahon is number two. Koloff tagged in, and the crowd does approve of that. Koloff with a corner whip and a bear hug, and the crowd loves that move. Back and forth in the corner, and JR mentions that off the top rope in the NWA is still legal. That's not going to get confusing at all, and I will give you a moment to recover from my sarcasm. Dean comes off the top rope with a crossbody to Koloff, but Koloff catches him. Joe then drop kicks Dean onto Koloff. He gets a two count, and Koloff kicks out so powerfully that Dean falls to the outside. Dean gets back in and hits a nice suplex that Koloff no-sells and it's back to his feet like the Incredible Hulk. The crowd loves everything that Koloff does so far. Back and forth, and Koloff gets back to his feet on everything that Dean does. Steamboat tagged back in as the crowd is starting to get into this match. Dean with a back elbow and tags Joe in. Steamboat hits him with a drop toe hold and gets an arm bar on. Joe comes back with some vicious looking European uppercuts. Back and forth and the crowd now really into the match and cheering Steamboat on. Koloff and Dean go to a neutral corner on the apron and start arguing and referee Mike Atkins tells them to get back to their corners. Steamboat goes for a head scissors and Joe guillotines him on the top rope and that's certainly one way to break the hold. Your mileage may vary. Dean tagged in. They are double teaming Steamboat while Atkins is tied up talking to Koloff in another corner. Joe can only get a two count though. Dean tagged in. He gets a two count and then goes to work on Steamboat some more. 
he gets Steamboat in an arm bar, leg bar, double submission. Dean impressive in this match so far. Crowd trying to get behind Steamboat to encourage him to get out of the hold. Joe tagged in and hit Steamboat with a short arm clothesline. Joe keeps going for falls and Steamboat keeps kicking out. Joe with an Irish whip and Steamboat comes back and starts to slam Joe face first into the mat. He didn't get all of it, but good enough for government work, I guess. Dean and Koloff both tagged in and Koloff gets a big ovation when he comes in. Koloff with an Irish whip and a back elbow to Dean. Crowd wants to see the Russian sickle or the Lithuanian sickle as they now call it. A devastating and crowd-pleasing maneuver by any name. Joe comes in and Koloff hits him with a clothesline before hitting Dean with a sickle to get the pin and Steamboat and Koloff advance. The Z-Man and Marcus Bagwell versus Steve Austin and Rick Rude with Medusa. Medusa looking fantastic as well. 14-year-old Joey would have loved this show between Missy and Medusa. Sadly, 14-year-old Joey didn't have cable. Bagwell and Rude start and Rude just overpowers and dominates Bagwell with forearms and knees to the midsection. Austin tagged in. Austin battering Bagwell in the corner until referee Randy Anderson makes him get away and you can see the star that Austin is going to become. Bagwell comes back and tags Zink in, back and forth in the center of the ring. Austin goes to tag Rude in and Zink pulls him away from the corner. That's good tag team wrestling by Zink. Austin wants to test the strength and the crowd becomes very vocal about Zink not doing it. That's the loudest that the crowd has been all night. I thought they had mostly gone for popcorn and go to the bathroom. They lock up and Austin drives to the corner and Rude tagged in. Rude with an Irish whip and a drop kick that looked impressive considering that Rude is not known for doing drop kicks. Rude gyrates for the women in the crowd before lifting Zink up in a suplex. He gets a two count and immediately gets up after Zink kicks out and shoves Zink into a corner and Austin tagged in. Back and forth in the center ring and Zink gets a two count from an inside cradle and Austin looks pissed when he gets back up. Bagwell tagged in. Bagwell with a corner whip but Austin kicks Bagwell in the face when he charges into the corner after Austin. JR works in Bagwell's high school, so take a shot if you're drinking at home. Rude tagged in and attacks Bagwell like Bagwell owes him money. Rude with an Irish whip, but drops his head too early and Bagwell kicks him in the face. Zink tagged in, and now with these two in the ring and Jesse at ringside commentating, I think the Citadel has just become part of Minnesota. I'm not sure about that, but I think so. Rude hits a brutal-looking pile driver. He gets the two count, but Zink gets the shoulder up. Rude had a very relaxed cover. You've got to hook a leg. Rude runs Zink into Austin's boot and Austin tagged in. Austin hits Zink with a modified stun gun and tells Zink to get up, and I believe that Austin is pissed off. Better than being pissed on, but I digress. I'm trying to keep it clean here. Austin with a front face lock. Zink tries to tag, so Austin hits Bagwell in the corner to goad him in so the Dangerous Alliance can double-team Zink while referee Randy Anderson is dealing with Bagwell. Double Irish whip and clothesline by the heels and the crowd does not like it. Rude in, but there was no tag made, so Anderson is making Rude get out of the ring. I assume he changes his mind, though, because he lets Rude stay in, but Rude tags Austin in anyway, so it's a moot point. Austin with an Irish whip. Zink comes back with a super kick, but Austin grabs the leg to try to prevent the tag. Bagwell gets the tag and comes in all fired up like he's Tommy Rich in 1982. Bagwell with a nice series of moves and the crowd is really getting into the match. Rude tag back in and Bagwell goes for a sunset flip, but Medusa gets up on the apron to distract Anderson, allowing Austin to grab Rude's hand, preventing Rude from going over. Zink in and hitting Austin. He knocks Austin off the apron and Bagwell drop kicks Rude up against the ropes. Bagwell misses a second drop kick, and Rude hits the Rude Awakening to get the pin. 
Eric Bischoff interviews Steve Williams and Terry Gordy. He asks them about their opponents, and Gordy says, who cares? He says they want the Steiner brothers. In his own way, Williams says the same thing, because talking has never been Williams' strong point. Larry and Jeff O'Day versus Steve Williams and Terry Gordy. Don't get comfortable with this one, folks, because I don't think it's going to last too long. Larry and Gordy start. Larry is so pale, Casper the ghost thinks it's too much. They lock up, and Larry with a side headlock. Gordy pushes off and gets a drop toe hold on Larry. Williams tagged in and misses a corner charge. Jeff tagged in. Williams just pounded him down to the mat. Williams gets a nice big suplex on Jeff. Gordy tagged in. Gordy hits a big corner clothesline. Gordy with an Irish whip and Jeff comes back with a sunset flip. Larry tagged in. Gordy hits him with a brutal looking suplex. Williams tagged in. Double shoulder block to Larry. Williams hits the Oklahoma Stampede and gets the pin. Jesse Ventura is in the ring to interview Sting. While Sting is coming to the ring, JR shows a replay of Vader attacking Sting and injuring the ribs. Jesse tells Sting that Vader is back and he is looking for Sting. Sting says this is a David and Goliath story, but he feels like Goliath after getting inspired from the cheers of the little Stingers. I understand what he is saying, but doesn't he know that Goliath was killed against David? He says he's ready for Vader. Jim and Jesse talk about Sting meeting Vader at the Great American Bash. Dustin Rose and Barry Windham versus Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton with Paulie Dangerously. The Dangerous Alliance booed heavily when they come out. Paul E. confers with Eaton and Anderson before the match starts. JR runs down the credentials of Anderson and Eaton. Anderson and Wyndham start, and Jesse wonders why Wyndham still has the hand taped. Wyndham and Anderson fight for position. A lot of reversals in the opening moments as a Paul e. sucks chant goes out. Wyndham finally hits a right-hand shot to knock Anderson down on his ass. Anderson with a shot and goes up top, but gets caught and drop kicked to the floor by Wyndham in an impressive move. Both Wyndham for getting up for the drop kick and Anderson for taking the bump to the outside. Eaton and Paul Lee come over to check on Anderson. Paul Lee wants Wyndham disqualified because he says it was over the top rope to no avail. Eaton tagged in. Wyndham gets a side headlock and tags Rhodes in. Back and forth and Eaton runs Rhodes into a turnbuckle as Jesse says that Dustin is so much better looking than Dusty. Back and forth and Eaton gets Rhodes down on the mat. Rhodes quickly back to his feet and catches Eaton with three bionic elbows and a big boot to knock Eaton to the outside and Eaton was bouncing all over the ring so much that Kurt Henning would be jealous. Jesse says that was an intentional move over the top and Rhodes should be disqualified. JR says it was a judgment call. The fans absolutely love that move. Eaton gets back in the ring as a loud Paul E. Sucks chant goes out. Jesse says, what are they saying? And JR says that he can't quite make it out because I'm sure they couldn't say suck on a mic on TBS. Anderson tagged in and hits Rhodes with a series of left hands. Rhodes comes back with an atomic drop and Anderson falls into a right hand from Wyndham and now Anderson is bouncing all over the ring and Kurt Henning has to be like, this is too much. Anderson confers with Eaton and Paul e in the corner before coming back and Rhodes gets him in a side headlock. Wyndham tagged in and the two former members of the Four Horsemen go at it. Eaton hits an enziguri from the apron to Wyndham after Wyndham is thrown to the ropes. The referee admonishes Eaton, but the damage is done as Wyndham is getting pummeled in the corner. Eaton tagged in and continues the assault with an Irish whip and a backdrop to Wyndham. Eaton gets a two count and continues the assault on Wyndham by, by putting him on the second rope and coming down with all of Eaton's body weight on Wyndham's back. The referee gets Eaton off and Eaton goes Rose in so that the dangerous lines can double team Wyndham as the Polly sucks chant goes out again. Anderson with an Irish whip but drops his head too early and Wyndham hits Anderson with a knee to the face. 
The winner of this match meets Rick Rude and Steve Austin, so that has the potential to be interesting either way. Rhodes tagged in and he cleans house. Rhodes hits a lariat on Anderson as Paulie climbs up on the apron and the referee tells him to get down. While the referee's dealing with Paulie, Anderson goes for the DDT, but Rhodes holds on to the rope, only to clothesline by Eaton two seconds later. Anderson choking Rhodes on the mat, but breaks on the three count. Eaton tagged in. Rhodes goes for a crossbody, but Eaton ducks and Rhodes spills to the outside. A lot of high-risk bumps taking place in this match, which is surprising to me considering the participants. Paulie sneaks around the ring and hits Rhodes in the kidney with the phone. Eaton gets Rhodes back in the ring and goes up top to hit the Alabama jam as the crowd is getting on Paulie. Eaton instead does the top rope knee drop, but only gets a two count. Anderson tagged in. Anderson stomping on Rhodes and Wyndham comes in and referee Mike Atkins trying to get him back out. And as Jesse says, that doesn't help Rhodes because Anderson is now choking Rhodes with his boot. The referee turns around and makes Anderson stop. Rhodes with the jawbreaker to break an Anderson reverse chin lock, but Anderson falls backwards into his own corner and tags Eaton in. Eaton hits Rhodes with a bulldog, which is Rhodes' own move. He gets a two count and goes to do it again, and Rhodes pushes off and Eaton hits the corner buckle face first. Wyndham tagged in, but Anderson was distracting the referee and won't allow the tag. All four men in now, and Wyndham gets Eaton out on the floor. Anderson hits a spine buster on Rhodes, but he isn't the legal man and the referee has gone out to deal with Wyndham and Eaton. Anderson hits Wyndham and Eaton gets back in the ring. Eaton only gets a two count as Rhodes gets the shoulder up. Crowd goes wild when the shoulder comes up. Eaton goes up top for the Alabama jam, but misses it when Rhodes moves. Rhodes comes back with a bulldog and Eaton comes down and does a 360 and lands on his back. And Rhodes pins him for the three count. The crowd cheers the faces as they embrace and Gary Michael Capetta announces that they've won. We get a WCW poster book ad. Eric and Missy are back and say that the Puerto Rican team has been injured and more about that in a second, but first Missy updates us that the NWA title tournament will be held August the 6th through the 12th in Japan, and all four members of the Dangerous Alliance will be competing in the tournament. Terry Gordy and Steve Williams come in saying that the Puerto Rican team is messed up. They say a wreck happened, but it's implied that they beat the Puerto Rican team up in order to have the Steiner brothers advance so they could face Williams and Gordy in the second round of the tournament. They say some very uncouth things that I will not repeat here, but say that they want the Steiner brothers. An ad for the Great American Bash Tour. The Silver Kings 1 and 2 versus the fabulous Freebirds Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. Freebirds are the current U.S. tag champs, but those belts will be phased out by the end of July. The Silver Kings are Cesar, Guatemoc, Gonzalez, Baradon, or Baron, and Juan Conrado Aguilar John Rigui. I'm sure I messed those things up, and I apologize to the Silver Kings. The Freebirds attack before the bell, and all four men in, and it's breaking loose here as Garvin and Silver King 2 go to the outside. Silver King 1 in the ring with Hayes and gets Hayes in the corner. Silver King 1 tries to corner whip Hayes to the corner so that Silver King 2 can hit Hayes with a top rope drop kick, but Hayes reverses the move, and Silver King 1 gets hit instead and they need to slow this thing down because the pace is frantic so far. Garvin tagged in and gets a wrist lock as Jesse and JR argue over how to tell the Silver Kings apart. It might help if you call them by their names instead of Silver King 1 and 2. Silver King 2 in and he and 1 look nothing alike, just give them names. Garvin with several moves and Silver King 2 has counters for each move and he is impressive. Silver King 2 goes up top and comes off for a double leg drop or a butt bump and it doesn't matter anyway because no one was home. Hayes on the apron clapping, trying to get the crowd behind Garvin. Garvin gets a two count. 
Hayes and Silver King 1 both tagged in. Silver King 2 scoop slams Hayes and then slingshots Silver King 1 in on the ropes and Silver King 1 lands on Hayes. That was an impressive move. The Silver King's dropping elbow on the prone Hayes. Silver King 2 tagged back in. Silver King 1 scoop slams Hayes and Silver King 2 hits an elbow off the top rope but can only get a two count. Silver King's hit a double enziguri on Hayes. It was sort of like the total elimination that the Eliminators do, but the Silver Kings both hit the top of Hayes from the front and back. Hayes coming back. He is trying to string a series of moves together, but Silver King 1 keeps getting out. Hayes does the moonwalk to impress the crowd and gets a reaction despite this being 1992 and Michael Hayes not being Michael Jackson. The crowd behind the Freebirds. So Silver King 1 climbs up on the turnbuckle and yells Mexico while pointing to the crowd. He doesn't get a response because this is 1992 and they are in South Carolina. Jim and Jesse talk about Lucha Libre. Both wrestlers in the ring scramble to get some moves, but neither can get a series of moves together against their opponent. Garvin tagged in. Garvin gets Silver King 1 down and gets a chin lock on. They go back and forth and Silver King 2 and Hayes both tagged in. They exchange moves in the center of the ring. Silver King 1 tagged back in and Silver King 2 holds Hayes for Silver King 1 to hit with the drop kick. The Silver Kings should wear scary masks and then they could be called the Stephen Kings. Garvin breaks up the count. So Silver King 1 hits Garvin with a spinning heel kick to knock him out of the ring. The Freebirds come back with some crafty veteran moves to get Silver King 1 down and double team him. Now all four men in the ring and referee Randy Anderson trying to get them out. Silver Kings reverse a corner whip and run the Freebirds together as the DDT chant goes out. A double drop kick knocks the Freebirds to the outside. Silver King 2 launches himself onto the Freebirds who catch him and Garvin holds Silver King 2 for Hayes to hit. And Silver King 2 ducks and Garvin gets hit instead. Silver King 2 then holds Hayes for Silver King 1 to hit from the top rope to the floor. But Hayes moves and the Silver Kings are both down. Hayes throws Silver King 2 back in the ring and hits him with an inside cradle to get the pin. Jim and Jesse talk about the Puerto Rican team being able to compete and Jesse says it brings us the dream match everyone wanted to see. The Steiner Brothers versus Williams and Gordy. Tony Schiavone and Magnum TA talk about the pairing so far going into the next round of the tournament and also what happened to the Puerto Rican team. Ole Anderson comes in and says the Puerto Rican team was attacked and the Steiners will be getting a bye. Stuff we already knew. Thanks, Ole. Brian Pillman and Jushin Liger versus Chris Benoit and Beef Wellington. Biff Wellington becomes beef here for some reason. I'm not going to go into the Benoit stuff because if you listen to this podcast, you know what happened. But Wellington's body was discovered on the same day that Benoit committed suicide. Wellington had been having serious health problems for years. JR goes into the great series of matches that Pillman and Liger have had. Liger and Benoit start. Back and forth. Each trying to gain an advantage. Liger powers Benoit off of him. They have a series of counters and are setting a fast pace. Liger with a nice pair of arm drags to Benoit. Both Pillman and Wellington tagged in. They yell and shove at each other as JR says that they know each other from Stampede. Pillman with a drop kick to send Wellington to the outside. Wellington gets back on the apron, only to get hit with another drop kick by Pillman. The fans love to see the high-flying moves. Pillman runs the ropes, looking for a suicide dive onto Wellington. But before he can, Wellington jumps back up on the apron and hits a flying clothesline over the top rope onto Pillman. That was an awesome move. Wellington follows it up with a snap suplex and then throws Pillman out to the floor. Pillman gets up on the apron and not wanting to be shown up, suplexes Wellington from the ring to the floor. Liger tagged in as Wellington gets back in the ring. Wellington gets Liger down on the mat. He gets a leg lock on and tags Benoit in. Benoit throws some chops and a brutal looking clothesline to Liger. 
back and forth and Benoit with an enziguri to Liger. He runs Liger into a turnbuckle and Wellington tagged back in. Referee Randy Anderson is getting Benoit out and misses Wellington throwing Liger out. Pillman comes in to complain but gets tossed back out by Anderson. Wellington goes to dive on Liger who moves and Wellington hits the floor. Liger with a corner whip and then monkey flips Wellington out of the corner. Pillman tagged in and Wellington gets Pillman in the corner and Benoit tagged in. Benoit runs the ropes and Pillman sidesteps Benoit and propels him out to the floor and the crowd has been digging this match so far. Jesse says the concrete outside has been getting more used than the mat in this match. Benoit up on the apron and then goes to the top rope. Pillman jumps up there with him and hits Benoit with a belly-to-back superplex that pops the crowd so much that they jump to their feet. Pillman then hits a top rope dropkick on Benoit and knocks him to the outside. Pillman goes to hit Benoit with a dive. Benoit moves away, so Pillman jumps to the apron and hits Benoit with a crossbody on the floor. These Calgary veterans then take turns chopping each other on the floor. Pillman throws Benoit back in, but Benoit grabs Pillman's foot to get Pillman down and Wellington tagged in. Wellington misses an elbow drop, so Pillman grabs a front face lock and Liger tagged in. Wellington with a corner whip and Liger moves on the charge and Wellington spills to the outside and the wrestlers are spending more time on the floor than event security. Liger goes up top and hits Wellington with a crossbody to the floor. I think it's time to end this thing because it isn't going to get much better than that. Back in the ring, Wellington reverses an Irish whip. Liger goes for a crucifix and Wellington just slams back with a modified Samoan drop. Wellington only gets a two count. Wellington drives Liger back to the corner and Benoit tagged back in. JR brings up the history between Benoit and Liger as Benoit puts Liger on the top rope and goes for a belly-to-bat suplex, but Liger turns in midair and lands on Benoit. Wellington breaks up the pin, but you can feel that the crowd is ready for this match to be over. Liger back to his feet and hits Benoit with a spinning heel kick to knock Benoit to the outside. Liger out on the apron and hits a moonsault off the second rope to Benoit on the outside, the crowd cheering wildly. Pillman tag in. Benoit gets back in the ring and attacks Pillman with forearms. Pillman comes back with a waist lock and Benoit pulls forward towards his own corner and Wellington hits Pillman with an enziguri from the apron. Wellington tagged in. Wellington goes for a top rope drop kick, but Pillman ducks. Liger tagged in. Liger with a suplex, but Benoit in to break it up before the cover. Now all four men in and Pillman and Benoit fight to the outside. Wellington choking Liger in the corner. Benoit gets Pillman back in and he and Wellington go to run Liger and Pillman's heads together. But Liger and Pillman push off and the Canadian team goes down instead. Pillman drop kicks Benoit to the outside. Liger slams Wellington down and hits the moonsault to get the pin. Match of the night so far. The Headhunters versus Hiroshi Hase and Akira Nagami. The Headhunters are Bob Cook and Joe Cruz under mask. I don't know what happened to the real Headhunters. It wasn't my day to keep up with them. So this is what we've got. The Japanese team is the number two seed. Nagami and Headhunter 2 start. Jesse tells Jim to keep the Headhunter straight so that Jesse doesn't get confused. I'm with you, Jesse. JR says they are still trying to sort out the mess in the locker room. They are pushing this attack on or whatever it is on the Puerto Rican team like it's some sort of international incident. Not to be confused with an international object, but not, let's not open that can of worms. It's just wrestling, guys. It's supposed to be fun. Headhunters with the early advantage. But Nagami comes back with a nice enziguri to Headhunter 2. Headhunter 1 in and catches Nagami with a stun gun-like maneuver. Or a hot shot if you prefer. JR says stun gun, but he says a page out of Steve Austin's book because Austin is in the promotion. Back and forth in the center of the ring. Hase tagged in and JR says he is the senior member of the team. Hase with Headhunter 1 in the corner and then stomps him down in the center of the ring and Jesse says that he's going to rough him up a little. 
Hase slams Headhunter 1 down. Nagami splashes him and then Hase goes for a double knee lift, but Headhunter 1 moves out of the way. Headhunter 1 comes back with some offense for a 2 count. Headhunter 2 tagged in. Double suplex and a 2 count. Hase comes back with a karate kick. Nagami comes in and the Japanese team does some double teaming on Headhunter 2. Now all four men in the ring. The Japanese team hit a pair of German suplexes to get the pin. Jesse in the ring interview Ron Simmons. Jesse asks Simmons about his goal to be the first black world champion. Simmons says that he plans to go to the top and become that champion because people have doubted him his whole life and he has proved them wrong. They get interrupted by Harley Race and the Super Invader. Race says that he heard Sting out here earlier and tells Simmons to tell Sting that they want him. Simmons says his name's not Gopher. If Race wants Sting, he should go get him himself. Race says when he was world's champion, he had a boy like Simmons carry his bag and we have reached the cringe portion of our program, folks. Simmons attacks Race. Super Invader attacks Simmons and they get Simmons down. Simmons comes back and knocks Super Invader down and hits Race with a football tackle and the crowd absolutely loves that. He hits the heels with a pair of clotheslines and they bail. Tony Schiavone interviews Bill Watts. Watts says the NWA and WCW representatives have been arguing in the back about what to do. He says that the final determination is that Steve Williams and Terry Gordy and the Steiner brothers are going to hook it up tonight at the Clash and the crowd goes wild for that announcement. That means round two starts at the Clash. Terry Gordy and Steve Williams versus the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott. The heels out to a chorus of boots. Steiner brothers cheered when they come out. Rick and Gordy start. The two power men of the team. Although with Gordy and Williams, it's more of a toss up. They try for some takedowns and Rick looking all business here. More amateur moves and some clean breaks when they get to the ropes. Gordy working on the leg as he gets Rick down on the mat. Rick gets to the ropes and another clean break. Scott tagged in and the crowd can't help but cheer this guy. He mixes it up with Gordy and Williams tagged in. They battle for position and this is just like their match at Beach Blast with a lot of takedowns and counters. Also a lot of rope breaks. Williams complains about Scott to the referee and now all four men in as JR says that tempers are flaring. Rick tagged in and the fans are barking for the dog-faced gremlin. Rick with the big overhead belly-to-belly suplex and Williams quickly rolls through to the outside to regroup. Gordy out there with him. Williams gets back in and they vie for position again. Rick with a takedown as JR brings up that both men being part of the varsity club years ago. Williams gets Rick in the corner and slaps him and Rick responds with a brutal looking double leg takedown. Rick punches Williams wildly in the face as the crowd comes to life with that move. Williams comes back with a clothesline that spins Rick completely over to the mat. They are doing some hard hitting wrestling here. Gordy tagged in and waits for Rick to get back to his knees before clotheslining and covering Rick to get a two count. They're going at it hard here as Gordy hits Rick with a vicious looking corner clothesline. Rick comes back with a belly to belly suplex. Scott in and takes over on Gordy. The crowd comes to life on a modified powerbomb to Gordy by Scott. Gordy avoids the Frankensteiner by holding onto the ropes. Gordy gets Scott into the STF. Scott gets to the ropes to force a break. Williams tagged in and gets Williams tagged in and gets to one knee, and Gordy just throws Scott straight down on the knee. Williams just brutalizing Scott. Scott tries to come back, but Williams puts a stop to that and Gordy tagged back in. Gordy with the body slam. Gordy with the leg grapevine trying to get Scott to submit. Gordy pulls Scott away to keep him from tagging Rick in. Williams tagged in in a double shoulder block toss. Williams gets a two count. Scott gets up and kicks Williams away. Rick tagged in, but I don't think the referee saw it. Rick clotheslines Williams to the outside and Gordy comes in and he and Rick exchange blows. Heels double team Rick. 
Anderson gets Gordy away and he goes out after Scott, leaving Williams and Rick to brawl inside. Rick with the power slam and cover, but Anderson tells him that he didn't see the tag, so Rick has to get out of the ring. Scott gets back in the ring as Rick goes out with Gordy. Williams hits a shoulder block to Scott's knee on the outside. Anderson tries to get Rick out of the ring. Williams with the military press into a power slam on Scott, but only gets a two count. Scott goes to belly to belly Williams, but gets clipped from behind by Gordy, and Williams pins Scott. The crowd is irate at the decision. Tony and Magnum talk about the match. Jesse and Jim talk about the upset to the Steiner brothers before signing off from Charleston. We then get our end credits. Final thoughts, an interesting show that sets up Gordy and Williams for the bash. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TheJoyHairs. You can support the show at paypal.me slash cupofjoepod. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joey saying so long from the heart of Virginia. The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media. 